Let us turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 5. Hebrews, chapter 5, and we read from the verse number 1. Hebrews, chapter 5, and we're reading from the verse number 1. Could I just mention that our brother Robert Gillespie will be taking over the, looking after the monies for the sale of magazines, the British Church newspaper, any other books that come in, and uh, he'll be doing that for the treasure and helping him with that. And our brother David Hetherington has been doing that for many years and uh, with the British Church newspaper, and we uh, thank David very much for that. But Robert will be looking after that from now going forward. Hebrews chapter 5, and let's read from the verse number 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. Amen. We know that God will bless reading of His Word to our hearts. Today, our little tour through the biographies of Scripture brings us to Aaron. And here in verse 4, we are told, And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Let us just pray. Father in heaven, we thank You for the Word of God. As we think upon Aaron today, we pray that we will know thy blessing and thy grace. You would teach us from his life. For Christ's sake, amen. Amen. Jochebed and her husband Amram were blessed. The children that came from them, they became some of the most famous people in all of Jewish history. And these were challenging, terribly challenging times for the people of God, and yet their family made a difference. We think of Moses, the child whom Jochebed placed into the river by faith, watched over by his sister Miriam, and then the wife of, and then the, the daughter of Pharaoh came along and raised that child in the palace with the mother herself being the nurse, and of course, Moses went on to become the great prophet of Israel. And then there was Miriam herself, and she was gifted with music and song, and she had a gift of prophecy as well. And she was the obedient child of her mother, doing what her mother expected of her. And she herself became notable in Israel. And then there is Aaron, and he is the first high priest. And with the exception of, of Moses, 
Aaron receives more attention than any other individual in the account of Israel coming out of Egypt in the wilderness wanderings. Aaron certainly is a most prominent character, a most prominent figure. And yet, is it not true that our eyes turn all the time to Moses, and we focus upon him, and we perhaps do not take enough time just to think about Aaron and his life and his ministry, for he too had a remarkable role as the older brother of Moses. And so let us see what lessons we can learn from Aaron, the high priest of Israel. In the first place, let's consider the uniqueness of his gifts. Aaron was a most gifted individual. Turn with me back, please, to the book of Exodus chapter 4, and we'll have some passages to look at from the, the book of Exodus especially. And Exodus chapter 4 and the verse 10. Whenever Moses was called into service, Moses said, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am of I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Moses was very aware of his inability. Whenever God called him, he said, Lord, I cannot do this. Was Moses really as slow of speech as he tried to let on? Probably not. Because in Acts 7, 22, we are told that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Moses was mighty in words. It would seem that Moses had a, a confidence issue. He just did not have the confidence to believe that he could do what God was calling him to do. And he was rather self-deprecating in his manner. And it shows us that Moses essentially was a retired kind of individual. A little backward before others. Not a natural to stand at the forefront. And that's an amazing thing when you consider the great work that he did and how God used him. But God rather graciously he undertook for Moses in all of his weakness. doesn't mean the Lord excused the way in which Moses doubted that God could use him. God didn't excuse it. God never excuses our sins, but still, he bears with us in grace. And look at verse 14 of Exodus 4. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. The Lord knew what Moses was going to say. The Lord knew that Moses was going to say, I am of slow speech and I will not be able to do this. And the Lord had already put it in the heart of Aaron to go out to meet Moses in the wilderness. The two brothers had probably been separated for 40 years, and they were not even raised together. But still, 
there was that brotherly bond between them. And it is one of the greatest brotherly bonds in all of Scripture. These two men who were brought together to serve God and to serve their nation in this time of great calamity and extremity, and they would be used together to bring Israel out of bondage. But God knew Moses' need. And God had Aaron all prepared. And Moses was not going to be able to say, Lord, I'll not be doing this. Because the God just took away every excuse that he had. And we think of how the two brothers, they came together, that they might do a work. And Aaron had to be a very gifted speaker, because God said, is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. I know he can speak well. In fact, he's coming to do this work for you. What can we learn from that? God may call you to do something, and you may say, Lord, I can't do it. It's not about you. It's about God. It's never about you. It's never about me. It's never about any of us. It's about what God does through us. And you may feel that you can't do it. But who are you to tell God he makes a mistake whenever he calls you to do that very thing? We should remember that. But God has given us all gifts. And Aaron was gifted with speaking. And he would use that gift for the glory of God, standing before Pharaoh, speaking on behalf of Moses. So he had a very unique gift. But Aaron also had a very weak character. And he hits the, the limelight for all the wrong reasons in Exodus chapter 32. So come with me now to Exodus chapter 32. Moses had gone up into the mountain. He had disappeared. He had gone up into the cloud. There was thundering. There was an earthquake. There was all kinds of fearful things going on. And Moses had been away for a time. And verse 1 tells us, the people saw Moses had delayed. And they gathered themselves to Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this man Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. Moses is gone. He's not coming back, Aaron. You're in charge now. Make us gods. And so Aaron told them to take their golden earrings and to take them and to melt them down. And then he fashioned a golden calf in the verse 4. And he actually said in verse 4, notice what he said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he actually made an altar as well in the verse 5. And he said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. He introduced idolatry when Moses was up receiving the law of God. We see more of his gifts here. He was able to fashion golden calves. He was able to make an altar. And at a later time, he would become the high priest. And in becoming the high priest, he was responsible for all the priests under him. And you think of all of those Levitical sacrifices, and Aaron had to have all those in order, and had to have them all laid out, and they all had to be done properly. So Aaron had great gifts with his lips. He had gifts of administration. He had gifts 
that were so useful and so good, and he had practical gifts as well, but there's one gift he didn't have. He didn't have the gift of leadership. Aaron was fine there serving along Moses, as long as Moses was making the decisions. You tell Aaron what to do, Aaron could do it very well. You give him a pattern, give him very complex instructions, he could see them through. Give him the words to say, he could speak them well. But take the leader away and put him in a place of leadership. He couldn't handle it. You see, we all have our place. And some are called to lead and others are called to be led. And the people were called to be led. But what did they do? They went to Aaron, the man who was standing in the stead of Moses, for Moses had gone. And they tried to manipulate him. And that was a very great sin. It's an awful sin to try and manipulate leadership. To try and manipulate the leadership that God has given within his work. To try and manipulate that to get your own way. That's a dreadful sin. And while Aaron certainly would be full of remorse and would be rebuked for what he did, the people suffered more because the sin lay with them and how they harangued him and how they gathered against him. But Aaron didn't have the strength of character to withstand the pressure. It's interesting how he makes excuses for himself uh, at this time. And you look at verse 21, after Moses had taken the calf and burnt it down, melted it down, mixed the, the gold with, with water and then made them drink it. Moses didn't exactly hold back when he was dealing with sin. And then Moses turned to Aaron and said, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. And you look at what he said in verse 24. Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. They just gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and then the calf came back out. That's not what happened. Aaron made the calf. But God knew all that. But there was a slaughter, and there was a judgment. And 3,000 men died on this day, according to verse 28. It was a terrible sin that almost brought about the destruction of the whole nation. Had not Moses stood in the gap and prayed for them? And it all came back to the fact that people had sought to manipulate, but Aaron was easily manipulated. And we need leaders in God's work that are not easily manipulated, who will stand by truth and will not change and will not divert. We also have the weakness of this character in a slightly different way over in the book of Numbers chapter 12. So come with me to Numbers chapter 12. And we're told there in verse 1 that Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So Moses had taken this wife, and Miriam and Aaron, they criticized Moses for it. And the Lord was very angry. He was very angry with Moses, with Aaron and with uh, Miriam for 
speaking against Moses in this way. And actually, we're told in verse 3, Moses is very meek. Moses took it all. But the Lord didn't take it. And the Lord called the three of them out to have a conference with him. And as a result of that conference, and this is very interesting, Miriam was stricken with leprosy. And Moses had to pray that she might be healed, and she was healed. It wasn't Aaron that was stricken with the leprosy, it was Miriam. And what does that tell me? This criticism of the Lord's servant for what was a personal matter in his life, it began with Miriam, and she manipulated Aaron. And so Aaron was manipulated by the sister. He was manipulated by the people. He just had that difficulty that he struggled with. And let's face it, we all have difficulties that we struggle with. And we should be honest enough to admit that. But let's also think about the grace of his ministry. It is quite amazing, even astonishing. You think of the flaws in Aaron's character, and they were there. But God gave him this enormous responsibility of being the first high priest of Israel. And I think this is encouraging for us. Whatever flaws we may have, and we've got them, and I've got them, and you've got them, whatever difficulties we have, God can still use us, just as He used Aaron. So come with me, please, to Exodus chapter 29. Exodus chapter 29, we have the consecration of Aaron to the priesthood. And you see some of the things that happened. Exodus 29 and the verse 4. He was washed along with his sons. He was cleansed. Had to be cleaned. If we are to be fit servants for the Lord, we need to be cleansed. The New Testament talks about being washed with the water of the Word. One of the reasons why we read God's Word, study God's Word, hear God's Word preached, so that we might be changed by God's Word, that we might be cleansed, that our sins might be exposed, that we might be taught how to go on with God, how to deal with our sinfulness. And we cannot serve God unless we are conformed to the Word of God. And so there had to be the washing but then there was the anointing as well. So he had these wonderful garments put on him. It's a whole study perhaps we should go into. The high priest of Israel, the garments that he wore. But in verse 7, he was anointed with oil. And oil is a great type of the Spirit of God. So not only must we be cleansed with the water of the Word, but we need to be anointed by the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit within us that we might do God's work. We cannot do God's work on our own. We must have the Spirit of God. But then you come down the passage, and as part of the ceremonial consecration of the priesthood, you will see that a ram was slaughtered in verse 19. And the blood of that ram was taken in the verse 20. It was put upon the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons, upon their thumbs, 
in their right hand. And upon their great toes, or as we say, the big toe, and their right feet, they were sprinkled with blood. The blood was put upon the extremity of their bodies, the thumb, the right ear, the big toe. Here it is emphasized to us that whatever we do for the Lord is only because of the precious blood. It's never because of us. It's grace alone. We are not called to serve God because we are gifted. Aaron was gifted, but God could use those gifts. But still with those gifts, he failed. He needed to be cleansed. He needed the Spirit. He needed the blood. Oh, we need the precious blood today, the power of the blood, or we might serve the Lord. And yes, the, the ear needs to be touched. We can so easily hear the wrong kinds of things. We need an ear that's touched that we might have an ear for God's Word. The thumb needs touch. Working man cannot go out and work with his hands without a thumb. Thumb is so important, so essential. And if we are to go out and use our hands for the Lord, we need to be touched by the blood. Difficult to walk without the large toe. We'd stumble. Wouldn't be right balanced. And if we are to walk with God, then the blood needs to be upon our walk. Precious blood of Christ, the power of grace, needs to permeate every aspect of our lives. Aaron would never be allowed to forget the fact that he was a sinner. He had this tremendous position. But yet as a sinner, he was given this position. He never would forget that. Come with me over to the book of Leviticus chapter 16 and the verse 6. The most solemn activity the high priest would do. An activity that he would do alone without the assistance of the other priests was the ceremony on the great day of atonement. In Leviticus 16 and verse 6 we read, at the very beginning of the ceremonies of this day, he would offer his bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself and for his house. He would first of all offer a sin offering for himself. And there we are reminded of his flawed character, of his weaknesses, of what he did with those golden calves. We're reminded of it all. We have it all before us. It was all before Aaron too. As he went before God, he was reminded of his sinfulness. We sang earlier, I'm only a sinner saved by grace. That's all any of us are. As we go out to serve God, we're never to give the impression that somehow we're better than others. We're no better. We deserve the deepest and darkest place in hell, the same as the rest of humanity. But God, by His grace, has lifted us. And thank God for the precious blood of Christ that we will remember particularly today as we partake of the Lord's table. That reading in the book of Hebrews chapter 5, it reminds us that God calls sinners to, to serve sinners. Aaron was a man compassed with infirmity in the verse 2. And by reason hereof in verse 3 of Hebrews 5, he ought us for the people so also for himself to offer for sins. As a sinner he offered for sins. 
And Aaron had this honor. He was called of God. It was a high honor indeed. As a sinful man, he was called to offer sacrifices. There was a a grace in that, wasn't there? The grace of God. And that's our duty as Christians to bring forth that message of grace to a dying world as those that have been saved from sin likewise. And of course, this office that he held, it speaks of Christ. And Aaron shows us Christ in so many ways, not because of himself, but because of this wonderful office that he held. And so likewise, we are to show forth Christ, the beauty of Christ, the glory of Christ to this dying world in which we are a part. Aaron would learn grace. There is a remarkable insight given us into Aaron's nature in Leviticus chapter 10. Aaron was a father. He had sons whom he loved. But he had two sons, Nadab and Abihu, men that were priests, and they offered strange fire. They presented an offering that they ought not to have offered. And God dealt with them, and they died before the Lord, for they brought disrepute among, upon the priesthood. But what did the Lord say of Aaron in verse 3? He held his peace. Moses said, The Lord has said, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. He didn't remonstrate. He didn't give off. Those were my sons. He didn't excuse their sin. He accepted God's will. That must have been hard. I'm sure his heart was broken. We can see the grace that God was performing in his life by that reaction. Our reactions, grace should be there in the midst of it all. Aaron, as a priest, he was the high priest over a nation of priests. Exodus 19 verse 6 tells us that Israel became a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. They were a holy nation, set apart by God. They were a kingdom of priests. And at the apex of this priestly order, there was Aaron, the high priest. The people would identify themselves through that priesthood of Aaron. That's what set them apart as a people that were different from all other peoples. Today, our nationality is not so much bound up with Britain or Ireland, but with Christ. And I know there's been so much talk about constitutional issues. It never goes away in this part of the world. Let us always remember that Nations, they come and go. Kingdoms come and go. Monarchies come and go. Governments come and go. National identities come and go. But the church of Christ will continue on throughout eternity. And in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, we are told who we are. Let us remember this. This is who we are today. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, called to show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his light. That's the message that we have. 
for this dying society. Finally, we have the finality of Aaron's end. Come with me over to the book of Numbers chapter 20. I never really thought about this before in any detail. Strikes me as an amazing thing. Aaron and Moses, they served God together. The two of them would come to die. Neither the two of them were permitted to see the promised land for exactly the same reason. I never thought of that before. It all happened at the waters of Meribah. The people, they were angry as they frequently were, but there was a difference. The, the old nation that had left Egypt had almost died off. They were almost at the borders of the promised land. And it was the children that were doing the complaining now. It was as if nothing had changed. And they were gathering themselves against Moses and Aaron in verse 2. They were asking for water. Would to God we had died with the rest of our brethren, with the rest of our parents in the wilderness. Why have you brought us here? Moses and Aaron were so frustrated. God told them to speak to the rock, but of course Moses didn't speak to the rock. He smoked the rock out of anger. And there was much anger amongst Moses and Aaron. In the verse 10, we are told, And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. You can almost hear the, the tone in their voice. Ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses smote the rock twice, and the water came. And the Lord spoke to the two of them in the verse 12. Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. You didn't react well. You took some of the glory for yourself. You behaved as if it was all in your own heads. You'll not see the promised land. These two old men that had served God for years, they failed at the waters of Meribah. We can fail. Whatever our position is, however long we've been serving God, there are sins peculiar to old age just the same as there are sins peculiar to youth. Let's not forget that. Let's be humble enough to accept that. But Moses and Aaron both were refused the promised land because of what happened at the waters of Meribah. Numbers chapter 20, we have two funerals in the one family. Chapter 20, verse 1, Miriam, she dies and she's buried. Then at the end of chapter 20, we have the death of Aaron, and Aaron's death was very significant, just as Moses' death was very significant. One day, the word came from the Lord, Aaron's to go up the mountain. You're to take his sons with him. He's going to die on that mountain. Aaron went up that mountain dressed in the full finery of the high priest, knowing he was going to die. Just think of that. And they took the garments off him. They put them on Eliezer, his son. And then Aaron died. He was gone. Ministry over. His work was done. It was accomplished. 
and another would take his place. But the work would go on. And that's a lesson. Whatever work God gives us to do for him, he borrows us that work. It's never ours. It's never ours. This work is not ours. This building is not ours. It's God's. One day another will come. Do the work that you do. Do the work I do. The work will continue. And let's pray that it will continue. May the Lord bless these words to your heart and soul. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Write it upon every heart for Christ's sake. Amen. Let us sing this next hymn, and this will be the, the offering hymn. It, it says there that Aaron was gathered on to his people. He had sinned, yes. 